Ready to learn why cash flow and compassion are not mutually exclusive? Each week, brand strategist, speaker, and author Maria Ross will introduce you to the trailblazing brands and leaders who embrace empathetic tactics to reap huge rewards. You'll learn about winning teams, brand wins and fails, unforgettable customer experience, and bold leadership decisions fueled by compassion. You'll get the latest trends and research, discover practical ways to infuse more empathy into your work and life, and hear from innovative market leaders who've smashed outdated models and redefined success. Welcome to the Empathy Edge podcast, the show that proves empathy isn't just good for society, it's great for business. Hi, and welcome to the Empathy Edge podcast. I am your host and your guest today, Maria Ross, and this is our second August hot take. As mentioned last week, I'm doing something fun for this August to celebrate the two-year anniversary of the Empathy Edge podcast and giving you some shorter solo sessions on specific topics and questions that I get at my workshops, my trainings, and my keynotes that I thought would help give you some insight and inspiration in your exploration of empathy. How's that for a wordy sentence? I hope you all are doing fabulously today. Um, I don't know what the weather's like in your part of the world. It's August in California, so it's sunny, it's warm. In Pacifica, where I live, it's actually foggy most of the summer, and we get our sun and warmth usually early in the fall. But I know for some of you listening in other parts of the world, it's wintertime, it's cold. So whatever it is, this is still your August hot take uh, month, and this is week two. Today, we're going to talk about why active listening is so hard. And I can completely relate to this in case you hadn't noticed, I'm a talker and it is very hard, mostly because I just get so excited and I'm also Italian and I love to like interrupt people because I feel like we're co-creating the conversation together. I have since learned that there are cultures that don't perceive that as very um, nice or friendly or kind, but it is something that I do work on. And especially, you know, it's, it's hardest not when we're talking about like our favorite wines or where we want to go on vacation, but when we're having a conflict, when we're, one of us is in pain, one of us is angry. One of us is sad. In fact, I found this little nugget online that empathic listening is not a natural skill to master mainly because most of us would rather talk than listen. That's highly obvious. It's also more complicated than basic listening because empathetic listening is often required when the speaker is in pain, angry, or upset. So it can be really hard. And another little fun fact I found is that we think four times faster than we can speak, which means we need only about 25% of our mental capacity to hear the content of the message. We have 75% left. So our mind wanders, which I thought was fascinating. And I think it's what enables us in a conversation to sort of be hearing what the person's saying, but actually what we're doing is we're waiting for our turn to talk. And especially in a conflict, we're waiting for our turn to talk about why they're wrong and we're right. So active listening is hard. It's a muscle that needs to be developed. And I am constantly working on this. I'm constantly trying to to tell myself to really focus and listen to what the person is saying, especially if we don't agree with each other, because I'm going to find something valid in their viewpoint. I'm going to learn their context and their point of view so that we can find common ground together. And you know what? Shock, they might ha- actually have a good idea, but I won't hear any of that if I keep waiting to jump in. I always liken it to 
having a conversation where you're just butting heads and you're just talking at each other, right? Here's why I'm right. And you're wrong. Like picture finger puppets, right? What we want to do in a conversation is to get on the same side of the table and really be, be focused on the conversation together. And like I said, this is a hard muscle. And when I try to work on it, I try to do what I call, uh, enact or call up my inner shusher. You may have seen me mention this in the book, but it's this like, you know, Maria, stop, listen to what's being said. Don't say anything. Don't interrupt. And what I find is really helpful is to actually take notes while I'm having a conversation. Now I know that's not the most ideal thing if you're in like a spontaneous argument with someone, (laughs) but as much as you're able, if you know, you're going into a budget negotiation or a performance review or a, just a a strategic meeting where, you know, there's going to be a disagreement about strategy. It's really effective to take notes while someone was talking. And I, I learned this hack while I was recovering from my brain injury, quite frankly, because I have to take notes or I will sort of lose the thread of what someone is saying. That's actually a cognitive deficit that has stayed with me. And so um, I have found it extremely helpful to organize my thoughts and to be able to listen to someone without interrupting, but also remember that I'm not going to forget what I want to say, or I'm not going to forget the point that the person made that I responded so strongly to. So taking notes is a great way to, to help you focus on the listening part, recording a call. If, if you're able to record it, if it's not a, a horrible exchange or interaction, or if it's confidential, but being able to record a call. So you actually don't have to worry about writing everything down can be helpful too, if you're not a note taker. So those are some strategies, but I want to talk quickly about this idea of, you know, And I don't know why it is. I don't know why we get into the situation where we're always just listening to talk. We're listening to just wait for our turn to interject and react and nothing will beat that out of you faster (laughs) than if you take an empathy circle facilitator training with my friend, Edwin Rutsch, who runs the um, center for building a culture of empathy. You can check out Empathy Circles at empathycircles.com. And of course, I will put that link in the show notes. But I went through his training, which was pretty pretty ex- intensive. And I, I attended it online via Zoom with people from all over the world. And I dub it, this isn't, these are not his words, but mine. I, I dub it a, a masterclass or a, an isolated exercise for your active listening muscles, because you are encouraged to be in a circle where you have a topic of discussion and someone is the talker and someone else is the reflector and everyone else is an observer. So when the talker is talking, they get like five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever the designated time period is, they talk and every so often they stop so that the reflector can say, okay, so what I've heard you say is and repeat back what they heard the person say, but do it in a way that does not judge, that does not bias, that does not show opinion. Like literally, what did that person say? No matter how outrageous the reflector might think that statement is. And you may have heard me say last week that Edwin did these, has done these empathy circles at the most divisive political rallies in the United States. And he's brought people from opposite sides of the political spectrum together in a tent where they actually can hear each other out. 
They don't walk away agreeing with each other ideologically, but they're able to hear each other because they're forced to repeat what the person's saying without any judgment or any opinion or any bias. They can't even ask a follow-up question. Like literally you are just being heard for five or 10 minutes. And the great part about that is number one, you are actively reflecting back to the person that they were heard. But number two, they can correct you if you heard the wrong thing. So you might say, you know, oh, so I, so what I heard you say is you think the sky is purple and the speaker might say, no, no, no. I said, the sky is fuchsia, not purple. And you can say, okay, thank you for correcting me. So you're able to really listen to what someone else is saying. So you're able to really focus on listening and, and flexing, isolating that active listening muscle, but more importantly, the other person feels heard. And the session, the five minute or whatever the time period is, doesn't end until the speaker says, thank you. I'm done. I feel heard. So it's such a powerful training. It's so hard. It's hard for someone um, who likes collaborative conversations like I do. (laughs) I like to co-create my conversations with people, or I often, like I said, I I feel like I'm going to forget something. And I want to, I want to say it before I forget it, or I just get so excited. I interrupt the other person. And so it was a very disciplined way to learn how to flex that active listening muscle. So I highly, highly recommend it, but I also have some other tips like from my book and from my speaking, my, my speeches that I talk about, which is just sort of a a three-step strategy. Number one is borrowed from the empathy circles, which is repeat back what you heard, right? So in work, in a work situation that could look like, so what I hear you saying is that you think we need to cut line items two, five, and seven from the budget, because you don't think that those actually add value to our mission and our goals. Did I hear that correctly? And then again, the person can correct you or say yes and feel heard. So you want to repeat back and validate, right? Maybe it's, I understand how you could see things that way, or wow, I know that that's your pet project. So I might be angry about that getting cut too. So you can validate the emotions. Again, you don't have to agree with them from my, from my hot take last week, tune into that one. If you didn't hear it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're agreeing with them, but you want to repeat. And then you just want to validate what they're saying. And then in, in a business conversation where you can practice active listening, but then also, you know, find that common ground, you want to say, yes, and, and enrich the conversation, enrich what they've already said, rather than turning it into an adversarial exercise. And that's how you can move forward together and move the conversation and the action steps along in a more productive way. So, but it starts with that being able to listen and repeat back without judgment or discernment and being able to validate that person's viewpoint and in some cases, many cases, that person's emotions. So if you find it difficult to actively listen, just know you're not alone and know it is an exercise. It is a muscle you can isolate and strengthen just like empathy. So I highly recommend you check out Edwin's trainings on empathy circles and use that technique with your team. Use that technique in your organization. Use that technique at your next executive offsite. Uh, you know, if you want to have a speaking stick, you can have a speaking stick, but you don't need to go that far. But it really, you will, you will see how simple it is, 
but how difficult it is. And you will also see how valuable it is because it, of all the other benefits that it provides, it's also a way to bring the temperature down in a, in a hostile situation where emotions are running high, because the more that you can help people take a breath and feel heard, the more you can engage their, their cognitive functions so that they're not reacting purely out of defensiveness and emotion, but that they can use their, their higher level brain to actually problem solve and collaborate. So active listening is worth it. If it's hard for you, you're not alone. Um, obviously there's some other tips in the empathy edge book. I always have speakers on the empathy edge podcast to help you with that and check out empathycircles.com for some additional information. So next week, our hot take is going to be about why one workshop won't fix your culture. <laughs> Guess where that one came from. Um, so I hope you will tune into that hot take as well. And until next time, please remember to rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to sign up at the empathyedge.com. Grab your free resources there and join the mailing list so you never miss an episode. And until next time, our next hot take, remember that cash flow, creativity, and compassion are not mutually exclusive. Take care and be kind. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Empathy Edge. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share the show with others who want to redefine success and change the game. For more on how empathy makes you and your brand more successful, visit TheEmpathyEdge.com. There, you can download a free guide outlining five business benefits of empathy and a free sample chapter of Maria's book, The Empathy Edge. Until next time, remember that a more empathetic world starts with you and leads to tremendous success. Thank you.